This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines fast? Be off book for auditions? Explore your characters and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. Welcome to episode 126 of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. I'm Trevor Anga. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, agents, managers, casting directors, personal finance gurus, and et al. <laughs> and we uh, package it up into this uh, little thing we call, call a podcast and put it up on the internet for you folks at home. Absolutely. And we're just, uh, we're just, we're not just, but we are two dudes. With a, with a podcast, and we started this thing not necessarily because we think we have all the answers, but because we're looking for all the answers, all of them, and uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to just kind of sit down with people who've been there and done that and are doing it again and pick their brains about how they made it happen. And on this episode, we've got a very special, it's just an interview that was chock, so chock full of stuff that we're constantly referring back to it, even 123 episodes later. So all the way back from episode three, we've got our interview with Brian Vermeer for um, not only this episode, but for listeners who maybe, you know, are still catching up on our backlog. And it's always interesting, especially as we're bringing this year to a close, to kind of go back and have a new take on uh, an interview that was, gosh, three years old now? Something yeah, like that? three years old, but still pretty timeless. Yes. Yeah, so lots of awesomeness coming your way uh, again. <laughs> so <laughs> stick around for that. Happy Christmas Hansaquanica. I'm amazed that you got that right the first time, that you didn't stumble over the pronunciation. Oh, no. Christmas that's like That's like, you know, it's a mouthful, but I guess it's almost an official word. I feel like I hear that more often than I actually hear Christmas, Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just the politically correct thing to do. It's going to be like thousands of years before um, Hanukkah starts on the same day as Thanksgiving again. I, I heard oh, for real? Some, somebody was telling me that like, it's really rare. I mean, I don't think in my lifetime Hanukkah has started in November. So that was kind of wow. crazy. Um, then we've got Christmas coming up and people are celebrating, um, you know, the holidays are starting to, uh, go home to their friends and family. The industry is not quite shutting down quite yet. Quite, uh, <laughs> because I do have a, a meeting yeah. tomorrow, yeah, um, which is really exciting because it's at a casting office, Sarah Finn's office, who I've been in for before for some big stuff, some exciting stuff. Well, she does all of the Avengers stuff, and she works with Joss Whedon, and um, it's for it's the audition is for Agents of Shield. So yeah, yeah, very excited about that. But um, yeah, we're not quite shutting down, but in the next couple of weeks here, things will start to. 
Yeah. Before we get into that, I do want to just throw a quick kind of acknowledgement to our patron of the week, who's a, a gentleman that got in touch with us again this week. Uh, he's he's written to the podcast several times in the past. He's up to some exciting stuff in his own life, and his name is either. Nathaniel Simons or Nicholas Simons. We're not quite sure on our patron page. Uh, we list, have him listed as Nicholas Simons, but uh, on Twitter, he's Nathaniel Simons. And I, I'm not sure if one of those is a stage name or not, but uh, I'm pretty sure it is the same person. <laughs> and um, N. Simons. Yeah, N. Simons. And N. Simons. He's a really, he's just a great guy. He's been really supportive. He's been, he's a really enthusiastic guy. Um, he's smart. He's, he's ex- up to exciting things. And uh, according to his Twitter profile, um, he does a bunch of different stuff, but most kind of uh, exciting is something we mentioned several episodes ago when we first talked about him. Is he's got this website called beingencouraged.com, which is all about kind of spreading a positive message and just making sure that, not making sure, but you know, supporting people and living a life that's consciously positive, consciously enthusiastic, consciously forward thinking as opposed to backward thinking. And, uh, you know, how can you hate on something like that? (laughs) He's pretty cool, man. So, uh, we've got a link to his information, uh, on our website. So give him a a look. He's up to some exciting things. And Nathaniel, as always, thank you, or Nicholas, as always, thank you for your uh, support, man. Tell me about how this week unfolded for you. This is not the first time you've been in this office. Yeah. I just found out like literally right before we started recording, um, my, my iPhone has been on the fritz. Um, it happens. Yeah, it was I'm cool because you you said to me, you said, God, you know, I just got three voicemails, but the one from my manager, it was a half hour ago. And I thought to myself for a second, like, well, that's not a big deal. But then I thought, no, but in the entertainment industry, everything moves so fast that a half hour is a long time to, to not have gotten a message from yeah. your representation. Yeah, I, I will. I'll like, it's my, it's my priority it's my main focus so if i'm at say my thrival job i'll i don't know go into a bathroom or something and you know check a um uh, email or message from her or 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 check my voicemail so i make sure that i get it as quickly as possible um for going into the holidays i feel like i'm busy which is good yeah that's my point anyway um that was tough that was for a guest star um i made it to the final callback it I really felt good. I felt like it fit. Um, and, you know, who knows what happened. Uh, I didn't end up getting cast, but it came down to me and, like, a few other guys. And some of the guys that were there auditioning, I was like, guys that, uh, you know, starred in feature films and have been recurring or series regulars on TV shows. And, I'm like, they're here auditioning for, you know, a guest star role. It's and good company to be in. Exactly. That was kind of yeah. my... I was really excited about that. So cool, man. Um, there's, there's some positive feedback for you. Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's up with you? Chew. Uh, it was, it's, it's funny, man. Like every time that I make plans to go out of town, like (laughs) the the last like seven or eight days, like things just pile up like at an unprecedented rate. So I've got a lot of like various things that are sort of related to my career in the entertainment industry and sort of not, but well, did you uh, have a, a meeting at Fox? I did. That's that's kind of the, one of the two big pieces of news from this past week is uh, out of the blue, I got uh, a, a meeting appointment at uh, Fox on the Fox lot in Century City uh, for the lead role, the title role in this new single camera half hour sitcom. And I was like, 
okay, we're playing that game now, you know? Yes, it was, we are. It was cool. And so I, you know, I went there and in the room, there were, there, usually I go to these auditions and I just look for the guys that look and walk and talk just like me. Hmm. And I, that's how I know I'm in the right place. Uh, and this one, they were, I mean, we were all sort of similar in that we were like six foot tallish white males. But uh, there were really all different looks within that kind of category. Mm-hmm. So that can be either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. I, I really, what was different about this particular meeting is that normally uh, I prepare like my life depends on it. And I'm spending lots of time using the rehearsal app to actually run my lines over and over and over because I want to be as rock solid off book as possible. And I, you know, I explore, do a little bit of character exploration and that kind of thing. And this time, given that it was such an exciting opportunity, and this is a great office to be in. I had not been in this office. I think a lot of people would kill to be in this office meeting with the casting director, not an associate, not an assistant, but like the big person. Given that it was like that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put so much pressure on myself. I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to do what feels natural. And I just followed my gut from the moment I got the email from my agent and the call all the way up through the end of the, uh, the read. And I didn't really do that much prep work on it because it didn't feel necessary. I read the script, the episode. Um, I kind of did some own pulling from my own life to kind of relate to the different experiences in the script, but really not a lot. I just kind of like thought about it for a bit. And then I went in and didn't worry about being off book. Didn't worry about, you know, when to look down and when to look up. And I just kind of had a general idea of what my, you know, fictitious surroundings were and, and just kind of riffed with it in the room with her. And it went great. I felt fantastic walking out of there. And I think that's a huge victory for me because normally I'm micro analyzing Mm. every detail and I'm, you know, frustrated that I didn't remember that I got the word, the, you know, the one word wrong in one of the lines and you know, like all that little stuff. And this time I just let myself off the hook and I just said, you know what? Don't worry about that. Trav, just have the script, have an idea of the direction you want to go and just, just jam with it. Yeah. Well, and what a perfect, um, I guess, breakthrough for you moving forward with how you approach the material. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, it is knowing, knowing you for as long as I have, like that's a perfect way for you to shift into a different approach. And, and, and not that you don't not that you completely throw specificity out the window, but that you can kind of marry the two at some point, you know, just let that pendulum swing back and forth until it comes to rest in this place where you kind of use it all. Yeah. I was going to say too, when you, when you were talking about coming into the room and seeing, you know, all these guys of different types, a lot of times with the new show, you know, cause you said it was a new, sh- a new sitcom, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a brand new one. Yeah. They, they don't know what they want really. They kind of have a general idea, but you know, they're waiting for somebody to come in and show them, Oh, that's the guy. Yeah. You know, so you do have my point being, you do have the freedom to do whatever it is that feels right to you because you're going in to show them your version of this character they don't know yet they don't they don't know what it's supposed to look like until someone comes in and shows it to them right um and then on top of that what an awesome opportunity to be in there with like you said the casting director and if the show gets picked up and she's working on other things or whatever like she you know yeah potentially get called back in for all sorts of stuff yeah big win stoked about that that was a that was a a nice 
It was a good day. The moral of the story, yeah. plan more trips out of town. <laughs> So we have a listener email from Deborah, and uh, you responded to this email yeah. uh, from our account, and I'm going to let you kind of take the reins on this because you have a little bit more know, know-how in this arena than I do. Yeah, she had two two questions. One was about uh, tax taxes uh, and write-offs. The other one was about headshots. Uh, the first question was essentially, you know, um, she was asking me about my computer business that I do on the side and saying, is it possible to, to do take deductions on your, uh, income tax, uh, for both acting and, um, the sort of side business. And, and the answer is, uh, absolutely. You, you absolutely can. The, the, the two things that I told her to keep in mind are number one, make sure that you are claiming the income from the side job. So you can't claim deductions on, on income that you're, you know, taking quote unquote under the table, if it's cash under the table or whatever, and you're not going to report that income, but then you try to take deductions. That's a huge red flag. The IRS is going to go, well, what are you taking deductions on? There's no income here. Right. And number two, um, just making sure that you are aware of what things can be written off, uh, for both the acting and the, um, the, the, whatever the side business is. So the example that I gave her, for instance, was your cell phone bill. So <clears throat> if you, if you, uh, use your cell phone, uh, 50% of the time for acting stuff, 30% of the time for, um, your side business and 20% for personal, you can write off 80% of your cell phone bill. But what I told her was that make sure you talk to your CPA or your tax preparer or whatever about where that number actually goes into your taxes. Yeah, Cause I have yeah. no idea. Like it's, I go to, you know, Chuck Sloan, who we had on the podcast, I sit down with him and, or, or one of his, uh, you know, agents. And I'm basically like, here's all my information. And then they do their, they work their magic and put in, I mean, you do this too. Yeah. They put it into, uh, you know, their software and that's how it all works. I get more and more familiar with the process every year, but I still have no, I don't know how it like, how it all goes into the actual system. So that's where I, I, I kind of told her, you gotta, (laughs) you gotta talk to somebody who's a professional. These people are licensed for a reason. She's also coming from uh, Australia, which I can't even imagine what the, uh, yeah, what it's like with the laws or the yeah yeah international. I mean, I can't. We can't. There's there's no the U.S. government can't tax you on income that you took in from another country. So I don't know how that all works, but that's yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. I give you the uh, tax salute. <laughs> and then the second question was about someone gave her some information. It's kind of. It's honestly a, a bit. It sounds a bit silly to me, and but I don't know if a lot of actors are getting this information. Or I was going to ask you actually, Trevor, if you've heard of anybody getting this type of information. But essentially, someone told her that um, <clears throat> headshots should vary based on where you are in your career. So not 
what kind of characters you'll play, not uh, whether you're going out for commercial film and television or stage, not um, any of the normal things that we would consider when getting headshots taken. So take these things into consideration when you're getting your headshots taken. She was saying that like somebody was telling her that you should vary your headshots based on where you are in your career. Like whether you're like developmental, you're just getting started or you're, you've got a few credits or whatever. And then she was saying that, um, their advice was to essentially theme your headshots. So use a particular colored background or type of background, particular clothes, da da da, in the various stages. And I, I, I don't know if I've never heard that before, hmm. but I don't know if you've ever heard of anybody. I, I don't remember <clears throat> that part of the email in terrible detail. Can you how like vary how vary the headshots based on like how like she was saying like a uh, color uh, background uh, you know what you're wearing the um, I think she may have said personality or could be making that up because that's what I said in my response. It, what's most important is that you look good and your personality comes through, and that it right. has nothing to do with where you're at in your career. Like you just take it, you know, take a good headshot, make sure you're working with a photographer that, you know, can bring out your personality and that you're not taking glamor shots or whatever. Like I can't right. tell you how many times I've talked to uh, women who say the, the headshot that gets me the most work is the one where I'm not wearing any makeup. My hair's a mess. I'm wearing a hoodie and I look like, you know, a domestic violence victim or something like that. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, that's, it, it's not, I'm not saying that all women play domestic violence victims. What I'm saying is that like that shows the most personality, the most character, the most whatever, you know, if, if they're, if yeah. you're going out for something on CSI or one of these other episodics, like that, that's the kind of you know, thing that's going to attract a casting director or producer or whatever. Yeah. I think it sh- it shows realness and it shows authenticity and it shows depth. Mm. You know, I-, I know a lot of beautiful girls who get all like dolled up to go take their headshots and they have beautiful headshots, like stunning jaw dropping, like, oh my God, is she single headshots? But they don't always look like her, even though maybe this is a beautiful woman. The headshots are so kind of put together that there's almost nothing there to kind of attack, like latch onto as a human being. You're just kind of looking at like a doll, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am with you. Like I've heard many casting directors say like, we want your headshot to look like, you know, what you would kind of look like on a Sunday afternoon rather than like a Friday night fancy dinner. Hmm. I mean, it all, you know, it all, it all varies depending on on any number of things, but generally speaking, they want, you know, the authentic you, not Mm -hmm. the you that is glamorized for a photo shoot. Right. Because we all know that for, you know, how many YouTube videos are out there showing how much work goes into retouching these photos of Scarlett Johansson. She actually looks nothing like that. I could be uh, completely you know, misreading what she was saying, but I'm pretty sure that's, um, that's the advice that she was, that she was given. Um, so it's a weird one here. I'm I'm going back to the the email just to make sure. Um, I've heard that headshot types go in phases. Example, some years, some years, agents prefer more background. Oh, I see what she's saying. It's not necessarily, okay. It's, it's kind of what I was saying, but not really. She's not necessarily saying that, um, 
it has to do with where you're at in your career. It's more that the headshot, the sort of accepted headshot look changes that it, that overall, generally the, the look of headshots changes over the course of time. Oh, so if you want to kind of be up to date, you have to have a certain style. Uh, yeah. Which uh, of photo? everything we've said still applies. <laughs> the only thing that I would say is, um, what has changed is from black and white to full color and it's been full color for years and hasn't changed yeah. at all. She did say something about having like those, those kind of like pastel colored backgrounds, or maybe you mentioned that in your reply. Like you see a lot of photos with like the bright blue or the bright green or the bright pink in the background. It's like a solid wall of color behind mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah, you guys talked about you bounced back and forth about that. Uh, it 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 doesn't. I, I said it again, basically in the email. What you just talked about. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter as long as you look uh, like yourself and you can see your personality. Uh, that's. I mean, that's it. That's that's in your eyes. You yeah. know, it's all about your eyes. the The biggest difference now that everything is color is. You want something that's really close up and really shows your personality for commercials mm-hmm. because the casting director is literally looking at a tiny little thumbnail on the computer screen. That's it. Everything else is is who you are. You know, Make sure you have some that are uh, neutral or dramatic and make sure you have some that are, you know, uh, show off your personality more if you have a more exuberant, happy, bubbly personality. And that's, that's, that's it. There's, there's no, like, standard... Yeah. accepted way of putting together a headshot. I am glad that you wrote in with this question though, Deb, because it does bring up the notion of researching before you book with a photographer. And actually, if it's been a couple of years since your last headshot, your meaning anybody listening, our last headshots, it, I mean, it, it is a good idea, I think, to just take a look at what's out there, like visit several different photographers' websites, not only to find what resonates with you as an artist, what kind of pictures you would like to represent you, but also just to see kind of what the current trends are to make sure that you're not pulling something that's totally out of left field or something like that. You want something that's kind of not, I don't want to say expected, but something that's not going to stand out in a bad way. Um, so that's, that's actually on that level. I think it's a, it's a, it's a really good question um, as well, because it just brings up, you know, like market research, essentially yeah. do your yeah. homework. Yeah. Do your homework. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, Deb, thank you so much for the questions. They, they're awesome. Um, yeah, I hope this was a, a valuable conversation for some of our listeners, all of our listeners. <laughs> Shall we roll into, uh, yeah, let's do this. All right. So this is an interview with Brian Vermeer that we interviewed way, way, way back, 123 episodes ago uh, in episode three. And the best part about this is that this is timeless stuff. It's it's about how to track your career and see what's working, see what's not, do more of what's working, do less of what's not, and even follow up with, uh, with the people that you meet and build meaningful relationships. So... This stuff never gets old, never gets outdated. Um, and we thought we'd bring it back because December is a time when so many people take a moment to kind of reflect on the past year and and see where, where they at. Are they where anywhere closer to where they declared they'd be mm-hmm. at this time a year ago? So um, we thought this was pretty fitting. So enjoy uh, hearing this again for those of you that have heard it already. And those of you who haven't, you're in for a real treat. 
We will see you on the other side. Okay, guys, welcome back. I'm sitting here with Brian Vermeer. He is the creator and founder of Holden Log uh, and Performer Track. And I'm really excited to be uh, sitting here with Brian because not only is he a very cool guy, but he's got some very neat ideas about uh, the industry and how actors work and and um, lots of cool stuff like that. So thank you for being here, Brian. Uh, thanks for saying I'm a cool guy. Actually, that's uh, that's a, that's one of the best intros. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, Brian, um, you created Performer Track. That's actually how I met you. I met you through a, a, a teleseminar phone call um, uh, where I learned about Performer Track, and then I signed up for a year of it, and then I came to one of your seminars. And we had a really interesting conversation after the seminar, which I want to talk about. But um, you're also an actor. So how did you get started with all this? I mean, where, where are you from? <laughs> Way long ago. Um, no, I, I'm actually an East Coast guy. I was uh, uh, raised in New Jersey, went to college at Emerson College in Boston, and that was really um, where things started to take off. Uh, ended up hosting my shows in college and, and then uh, uh, was seen by Vindabona, Vindabona Productions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People may know that name from shows like uh, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos and, and whatnot. And so I ended up hosting shows out here for him. And... Uh, and so that was like my start of, uh, you know, really doing the LA thing was, uh, coming out here and hosting shows. And, um, and I ended up doing game show kind of stuff. And I wasn't sure if that's really what I wanted to do, spin the wheel for the rest of my life, kind of, you know, uh, buying vowels. I, I didn't know if that's wh- where it was at for me. And I ended up booking uh, a lead role in a film, uh, that had me, uh, outside the, in the outskirts of Chicago for, uh, a good long month or so, and um, it was a really great experience. That was the uh, that was the bug that uh, bit me, and I had no formal acting training. And this was a, like a serious movie. And and prior to this, man, I was just doing comedy and all that. Uh, so it was it was interesting. I, I booked the gig, um, and uh, it was a really good part. And um, and the the film ended up winning uh, festivals and and whatnot and so it and it was at that point I was like you know I better I better take some classes here because I'm fooling a lot of people so um, I ended up doing Meisner for two years uh, so I, I really rooted myself in theatrical training so I really got like serious and I did that whole thing and uh, and. Um, and next thing you know, uh, I started getting back into comedy and doing stand-up over at the uh, comedy store, and and uh, now it looks like more hosting is ahead. And and so it's funny how the the, the wheel kind of spun right back and hit me square in the face again. So uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, cycle that uh, my career as a performer is going through. Um, but uh, the whole the whole company and why it came about really stemmed out of my own non-understanding as to what really a performer needs to do in this business. Um, you know, we're so caught up in, in getting the craft, learning the craft and being great performers and just doing it, doing it, just getting, you know, just dirty with the acting techniques and whatever it is that we can do to be the best performers. And that's so understandable because as a, as an artist, 
It is the it, that's the fun is the creativity, the creating, the becoming the character, the doing. But that can only take you so far, and it's really tough, especially now. I, I think um, in this stage of my career, I'm I'm seeing so many good performers go home. Oh, it is it's a it's heart wrenching to see. You know, you can only lead a horse to water, you know, kind of thing going on. And, and so it's kind of a crusade for myself um, and, and for others that work at our company. I, you know, when, when, you, when you understand what we do and as a performer, when you apply it to your business as a performer, then there's no turning back. You, you totally now, I think, see the business completely differently than most performers do. So what was it, what was it in your career that that prompted you to be like, wow, I need some sort of tool to really kind of track how this is working. I think for me, because I'm very, uh, you know, I am analytical. You know, I've got, I'm a, I've got a weird mind going on because I'm very creative, but at the same time, I like to understand the process. And um, it, it, to give you a point, because I had no, when I, when I booked that movie role and it, it was a, you know, a, you know, a, a drama, you know, comedy comes easy for me, but drama was like, okay, I, I got the job. I did a good, I did great audition and got a call back, you know, did all that. But, but for me, I was like, I have to understand this process. And I was going through the script. This is kind of funny. Just to put, to give you where my head is at. Yeah. When I was on the plane flying to Chicago to do this movie, I was going through the script and to to try to understand where my emotions should be for scenes, I was creating like charts, like emotional charts and stuff. And no one taught me how to do this. I was just like, I, I it was, it was like you know, trial by fire. I was jumping in the flames. So I was, you know, trying without freaking out. I what I did was I was like, let me be very systematic about this. Let me take this script. I'm, I'm going to have the neutral, uh, the neutral level of uh, emotion. And, uh, you know, when I, and let's see where these scenes take me. And so I had my emotional highs and lows and, and I was breaking these scenes down. I'll go, oh, you know, I'll be, I'll be very, I'll be like this in this scene. And then here I'll be very, you know, dark and, you know, so by creating these emotional charts, I thought I was somehow, you know, now this grand thespian, I knew what it was like <laughs> to be an actor, had no idea. Um, but I did it though. And, and so in doing that, um, uh, you know, I was like, I knew after I did the movie, I was like, this is, you know, I, I want to do, I want to do this. I like, I like this, you know, it's kind of cool. And so then I, I said, I've got to find real training. So when I did the whole Meisner thing, there was no emotional charts. There was, there was nothing like that. A lot of repetition, but no emotional charts. So I, I got a level of understanding as to what truly acting is all about. And um, so that analytical side to make the long story short, it was then, you know, I was going out for auditions and even for auditions for hosting stuff and, and everything. I, um, there was never an understanding as to, you know, how the audition process was supposed to go. I'm somebody who likes to go do this, do this, do this, do this, do this result. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the world of acting, I would go to class and I was taught just go to the audition and then forget it ever happened. This is what I was always taught. Yeah. Even at my, just go to the audition, then, for, then just get it out of your mind. And, and 
Well, that's what I do, actually. I still do that because... It's horrible. It's hard to, to no. hold on to something. No. You have no idea if you're going to hear it. No, 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 no. See, that's, and that's, that's, see, that's a problem with, with performers is the emotional investment in it. Okay, good. Here we go. No. You got to get rid of the emotional investment. It's not emotional. This is business. So, so, so I didn't... And, and still this day, you know, when performers are told, go to the audition and then forget it ever happened, that is damaging to your career. Because, you know, you're sitting here going, well, I don't want to bruise my ego and I don't want to think about it night and day, you know, and that's, that's not the point. Every time you go to an audition, every time you go out for a role, you have got to understand and learn from it. And the only way you can understand what works auditioning, what doesn't work, what, you know, what's going on with you is to really uh, lay out what's going on at these auditions and putting down who you're meeting, what you're wearing, what's happening, what happens in the room, really um, tearing those auditions apart, breaking it down so you can understand your trends at auditions, so you can understand what they're telling you. It is amazing the information that you can get out of um, just 20 auditions and going, whoa, wait. So when this happens, this is what happens typically, or this is what I do. And then this is the, usually the result, you know, you have got to be results driven in this business. I mean, it, li quite literally, you know, we have got to, as performers run our business of us, of you, of me, we have got to run our company and sell our product of ourselves and do it effectively, efficiently, smartly. You know, we have got to be smart when we audition. We have got to be smart when we book a job. We have got to be smart and, and staying connected with those who call us in for auditions. We got to stay connected with those who we work with on set all the time. I mean, the, that is what, that's what makes a career. I think a lot of people are losing sight that this is a relationship business and, and you know, what relationships they have got to keep going and, you know, and keep them abreast of what you're doing r r constantly. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Dead contacts will never turn into connections. It's so, it's what they call the elusive obvious. This is one of those things that seems so apparent to anybody who's trying to make money doing anything <clears throat> to track your results. But so few actors think this way. So like, what, what, what was the switch for you that made you think like, made you make the transition from, I need to just forget about that audition to, I need to see what worked about this audition and what didn't. Because it's sad, but there aren't a lot of actors out there who do think that way. Because I, I was always asking questions. I remember being very frustrated with some representation I had early on. Going in, trying to take a meeting, you know, what's going on? I want to move my career forward. It's not moving fast enough. Why is, what's going on? Why isn't this working? You know, oh, don't, don't rush things. Don't rush, th you know, that whole thing. And it's like, what are you talking about? This is my, this is my business. What happens is the creative, you know, those who are creative doing the business part of this business is horrible. I don't want to do that. Why do I want to do? I'm a I'm a I'm a performer, you know. That's why I have an agent. That's why I have a manager. You know, if we were if we were business minded people, we wouldn't be artists, would we? We wouldn't be creators. But to really make it in this business, you have got to be a master of both. And that that probably I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but that sure. probably makes a, a huge difference in how an actor walks into a room. 
You know, like when you walk into a room with just your audition that you've prepared on one level or another, and that's it, that's the only way that you're kind of being evaluated, so to speak. I think that's probably pretty scary. But if you walk in knowing that you're running the business, that you've got connections, you know, that whole other level of confidence that comes with just kind of not just being an an artist that's seeking approval, but knowing that you've got A, B, and C concrete to back it up. I bet that makes a huge difference. And, and I bet casting directors and managers and agents and all these people, they can sense that. And they see it, that this is someone who's a professional. No, that's, it's, the, it's the game changer. And this is true with all performers, by the way. Musicians, dancers, singers. I mean, everybody. You know? Which is great because this podcast is, is not – I mean, we're actor-centric. But right. it, it expand, and I actually wanted to ask you about that later, yeah, how yeah. performer track applies to other performers. I want all, all of you listening now to my uh, deep, dark voice here. When, when you operate with no – target as a performer and some of you listening right now you know i uh, i hope you can appreciate this because you may be in this position right now so just you know perk up <laughs> if you operate without a target there's no chance that you're ever going to really make it in this business all of you picture yourselves as archers okay and you have a bow in your hand and you have a basket full of quivers resting next to your feet and uh and when you have no target and you just start firing arrows as a performer all over the place, hoping something will stick, hoping something will land, you're in big trouble. So when you, when you keep firing arrows, and by the way, by firing arrows, I mean doing things. Doing things as a performer you think are getting you somewhere. Things like, oh, I'm, I'm clicking and submitting for projects. I'm clicking and submitting for projects. I'm clicking and submitting. I'm submitting. I'm submitting. I got new postcards. I got new postcards. I'm, fu- I'm sending them out. I'm sending postcards. I'm sending postcards. I'm sending postcards. I'm sending postcards. <sighs> I'm going to class, I'm going to class, I'm going to class, I'm going to class, firing, firing, firing arrows, firing arrows, firing arrows. You keep doing this and you have no no target to, to, to measure where those arrows are going and you just hope something's going to stick. What you end up doing, your arm gets tired, you put down the bow, you walk away. And I don't blame you either because you, you can only keep doing it for so long until you're just like, man, I'm not achieving, I'm not even seeing any results. And, and, as as humans, and there's no way around this, you artists. Don't you eventually want to start seeing results in this business? Don't you want to start seeing that things are actually going your way? That you're actually like seeing a pattern of success that you're building upon? By the way, there's an ugly word for that. Doing, 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 firing arrows, firing arrows, firing arrows. This word is has infiltrated our business as performers. Proactive. Proactive is doing, 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 doing. Here's the word you want. Productive. Proactive is busy work. I want to be productive. I'd rather do four amazing good jobs during the course of a year than 40 jobs that really never got me anywhere. This is actually a great segue because the other thing that I really wanted to talk about today um, was the conversation that you and I had after this, the, the semin- one of the seminars that I went to. You kind of gave me one of those red pill or blue pill conversations. What stops your agent from, <laughs> from taking your reel, putting it on YouTube and making a phone call and pitching you, you know, with that reel and, and your resume on your website? And I kind of just, I have to be honest, I walked away from that meeting and my brain was fried and I took about two months to kind of get over that and I, I became totally jaded. No, 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 not in a bad way. I think it was like, it was necessary for me to kind of take the next step and evolve in my thinking about how this industry works because I realized there are so many businesses out there and I can think of a few that I, I won't name, but they're built to just completely take advantage of actors' naivete. There's a lot you can do as a performer away from your computer. And here I am, I in the 
the product that we have that is, you know, just phenomenal performer track is an online application. But get in it, then get out and start meeting people, start interacting with people. The fear that I have right now is there's too many services that are um, aiming their guns at performers, trying to sell them a bill of goods that here is the easy way. This business that we're in as performers is a relationship business. And these uh, services keep putting out products that basically try to tell you, oh, we can do the work for you. Oh, we can do it for you. Oh, you know, we can, can, you know, uh, we have all the mailing labels. We have the addresses. We have this. We have that. We can mail it for you. You don't even have to do it. You know, it's like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, I'm, what are you talking? Dude, you're, no, stop. There's a level at a lunacy here where you got to go stop how about you focus on the people who you know how about you do the modicum of research online find the actual addresses of where some of these casting directors are because they have websites and trust me these casting offices want to get the business of other productions so that they can make money casting projects do you understand what i'm saying if you took the amount of time that you spend behind your computer every day thinking that you're doing something for your career, if you took that and you applied it to going going out and networking and meeting with people, I mean literally going out, uh, researching people prior to meeting them and going to going to networking events that these people that you're targeting and going after, you know, if you spend the time going out and meeting people who know those people and getting, you know, start connecting dots to get there, after after two months of doing that, do you think you'll be further along than the person who's still behind the computer doing things, right? Than the person who's, you know, out and about and meeting people? Performers have got to understand they have the most control in this business over everybody. Over everybody. There is no agents, no managers, no writers, no producers, no publicists, no directors, nobody who could do more for your business as a performer other than the person in the mirror, you. So if you have an agent that's asleep at the wheel, how do you get them excited about you? How do you get how do you get better agents as you're with one agent than you want to get a better agent, right? How many t- how many performers have you ever encountered where you, you 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 they said, "Yeah, I got an agent." And they were like, "Oh, but they suck, you know." This comes all down to the business side of it. You know, what do you know about your own career so that you can leverage your information to start moving your career forward? You know, and that's where the the shame of this business are are people who say, just go and I'll just forget it ever happened. How about instead of being angry at your agent, you're excited to meet your agent? Because now what I think I'll do is I'm gonna walk into my agent's, you know, office, request a meeting, and why don't why don't I just have out in front of me my my all of my auditions that you can print out from Performer Track. I'm just gonna have them all out. I'll have some statistical numbers, have some numbers and just be like, hey, so, um, yeah, Mr. Madam Agent, um, you know, uh, over the past three months, I've only been out X amount of times and I was really expecting more from, from, from you guys. And so I was wondering, you know, uh, what can I do to help you get me into more auditions? Because I've only had this amount in the past three months. You know, what, what can I do to help you get me out more? 
wait for feedback. Do not fight with them. Listen to what they have to say because they're humans too and they don't want to hurt your feelings or whatever. Who cares? They may say, you know what? We think that your theatrical reel is not strong enough. Maybe you should go get a sizzle reel done. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should, um, you know, uh, your, uh, your technique for uh, cold readings. Maybe you need to do this. You know, what, whatever. What's the feedback I'm getting from casting directors who I'm going and reading for? What are you getting? You know, what do you, what, what can I do to help you? It's, it's like that Jerry Maguire moment. Help me help you. You know, what, what can I do for you to move my career ahead? So if, if I don't, if I just go to auditions, and I forget they ever happened and I go in to have a meeting and just complain that you're not getting me out enough. Boy, isn't it more powerful to have uh, documents and things laid out going, okay, I, I went on this date to this person and went here and, but you know, I, I, I hear this constantly from performers. Well, I have an agent who, and I'm covered across the board. They're covering me uh, theatrically, commercially. I go, so how's that working for you? Well, you know, they're getting me out commercially, you know. I'm not really getting out theatrical. Okay, what are you doing about it? I don't know. I don't want to get them upset because I don't want to lose them as an agent. I go, what do you what do you mean lose them as an agent? What are you talking about? So wouldn't it be smart if you are tracking your auditions and you're able to lay this out and go, hey, in the past uh, you know, uh, 20 or 30, 20 auditions I've had with you, I've gotten out, you know, 18 times commercially and only two times theatrically. Now you know, now that I'm operating with a target, here we go back to the target, my bullseye. Is the I want to do heavy drama work, you know, on, on film. That's really the where I'm going. That's what I want to do. Thank you for getting me out commercially, and I booked a couple of things. That's cool. But we're we're lacking in the theatrical part of my my business here, and so um, what can I do to help you change that so I can get out more in the next twenty auditions theatrically? What an amazing conversation I'm gonna I'm gonna start here. Because they'll be like, whoa, yeah, you know, you're right. We haven't been getting you really out heavily. Hey, why don't we bring in the uh, 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 Bob from the uh, theatrical department. Bob, come on in here. Bob, yeah, what's going on? Why? Well, I don't know. Maybe he needs better headshots because, you know, these aren't working for him. But, uh, you know, you've got to start the conversation to see, to get at the root of the problem. Otherwise, you will be stuck in that problem forever. So if you're tracking your auditions through Performer Track, um, then I think I actually heard you wink in the oh, microphone. Oh, I winked in the microphone. <laughs> Ding. Um, but would, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if I want a better agent? What if I go to prospective agents and I say, you know what? Yeah, you know, I've gotten uh, I've gotten this many straight to producer sessions. I've read for these pro- these producers. Name, 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 name. Uh, these casting directors tend to call me in. These are the casting directors who tend to call me back most often. Um, I tend to book these types of roles, these types of jobs. Here's my callback rate. Here's my booking rate. That agent that you're gunning for will have a heart attack. Because that's the kind of performer an agent wants to work with. Instead of walking into the office like 99% of the other performers do and say, do you have anybody that looks like me? Now you're in that frame of mind. You walk into an audition with a new casting director you haven't met yet, and you're there to build a relationship. Okay, so th- so, so so yeah, let me get to that now. Yeah. Okay. So na- now that we're, we're, we're angling for getting you know, for better agents, having your agents actually excited about working f- with you, with you, not for you, with you, okay? Because you've got to be working hard for yourself outside of agents. This whole sense of nervousness at auditions, it, is, it, is, it happens to all performers. Because if your knee-jerk reaction is to get to the material and get to what you have to prepare, I've got to learn those lines. I'm going to call my friend over. We're going to go over those lines. Oh, my God. And when you put all of your eggs in the prepare basket, 
I can I can tell you that you've severely caused your chances of getting a call back and you severely cut them down. I mean, like literally to a point where I can almost predict you won't get the call back when you put all of your energy in the script and in the sides and in the material. When you get called for an audition, when you get called for a project to come read for, uh don't look at the material. Don't look at the size. Don't look at the material. It's it's so not important yet because the, the problem is when you just pour your energy into the script, you get to really, you know the script, you know it, you pour it and, and you start and you nail the audition. You nail the audition. You nail it in your bedroom, your bathroom, your kitchen, your <laughs> living room, your car, in I the hallway, in, in the car. car. I nailed the audition. Man, you should have seen me. The acting I've done in my sh- car is just Oscar you worthy. Sh- you should have seen me on the balcony, man. <laughs> I was nailing that audition. Yeah. But then when you walk into that audition space, the wheels fall off the bus. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Mm. You start getting nervous. When you get into the audition space, more important than the script or the text or the sides or anything like that is, is researching and knowing the person you're going to meet. And in performer track, and I, you know, again, I'll, I'll talk about it because this is what we do. In performer track, when you add a new contact, and I don't care when you're doing, whether it's an audition, whether it's for um, going to lunch with somebody, whether it's uh, going to a networking event, when you enter a contact in or you, or you just simply click the info button to see the details you've already put in prior about that contact, there's an area that says, no, before you go with buttons that when you click on them, there's an IMDB button, Internet mm. Movie Database. There is a, a Google button, a IBDB, which is Internet Broadway Database button, and a YouTube button. When I click on that button, it will search that person's name out on those services and start getting you now doing the research on the person. I want to learn everything I can about a person prior to meeting them. Go to your audition. I want to know what do we have in common? Do you do 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 I and this person that I'm about to go meet? Do we have the same likes and dislikes? Do we have? Uh, are we part of the same uh, networking circles? Um, do we go to the same college? You know, all of this stuff is huge. Because when I walk in the door for this audition and I go to meet this this person that I that I don't know, having done all that research, I cannot wait to meet this person because I know everything that makes them tick. I probably know more about this person than that person actually knows about themselves. And talk about how flattered they'll be that you oh, that you took the time she, to do that. Well, well, yeah, because well, it's up to me whether or not even I even talk about any of the stuff that I know about them. But the level of confidence that will ooze out of me when I step through that door mm. and I go, "Hey, how are you?" There's that familiarity of because I've done the. Re- it's like I already know you. Hey, good to see you. How are you? And, uh, I don't have any questions. Maybe I don't elect to say anything. Maybe something comes up in a conversation, and I can feed off of that information because I know something about them. So when 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 I have that level of confidence, and I have that, and and I have then gotten to the prepare part of it, right, and done my homework as an artist on the fun part of preparing. Man, I'm going to be so anchored when I walk in the door, and I go, "No, I don't have any questions. Let's do this." Yeah. I'm not nervous. I know this person. Let's do this. I'm ready to get the, I can go into an audition expecting a callback because, you know, doing the research on the person and doing the research on the product, uh, on the project or the product, if it's a commercial, but doing the research and, and really understanding all of that prior to getting to what I have to prepare, the actual text of, of the script, man, I've increased my odds of getting a callback infinitum over everybody else going out for the same role as me. 
everything you do with any contact within Performer Track, whether you audition for somebody, whether you uh, get a follow up with them, whether you get a call back with them, whether you connect somebody as a cast and crew member to a project you booked, whether you go to lunch with somebody, you do a drop off, whatever it is that you do, make a phone call, whatever you do, every single contact within Performer Track has a history folder and everything you ever interact with with somebody automatically gets sent to that contact's history folder. So when I get called in by a casting director and I can see and I pull them from a drop-down list and I go, oh yeah, I've auditioned for them before. I'll go into that contact, uh, contact page within Performer Track. I'll click on their history button. I'll, I'll look at when was the last time I auditioned for them. If you can quickly dial up all of the casting directors you've ever auditioned for, and times are a little slow, nobody's going out. Okay, blame gamer, riddle me this. How about, what if you had the power through Performer Track to go in, look up all of your co- casting directors, go into each of their uh, history folders, why don't you look and see, when was the last time I auditioned for them? Oh, here's this cast director. Oh, oh boy, it was five months ago since I've last, uh, last auditioned for that casting director. Maybe I should send a postcard to them and I'll find their address online without buying a label to do it. Send them a postcard with my handwriting, real handwriting, and say, hey, uh, Joe Smith, um, haven't, you know, according to my performer track, I haven't seen you in six months or five months. How do, how do we make that change? By the way, since the last five months I've seen you, I've done this, 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 check out my new reel here. Boom. Done. Hope to see you soon. How about stirring the pot? How about making those contacts you have, turning them into connections so they go, yeah, you know, I haven't seen Trevor in a long time. Let's bring him in. That's what you have to do in this business, out of sight, out of mind. And too many performers are just waiting for something to happen in their career, hoping, praying something, please, today, will something change in my career? Will something happen? Please, God, please. No, you take the initiative. You tell them, hey, you haven't seen me in a long time. Let's make that change. You got to be the, the person who, who instigates the activity because they won't do it. And you cannot expect them to do it. So now that I've been tracking my auditions and I get called in by Joe Smith, the, uh, the uh, casting director, and I go into his history folder, and then I look and I go, oh, what happened? The last, the last audition was five months ago. I'll click uh, a link that'll take me back to that audition that happened five months ago. And I'll look at this audition that happened five months ago. I'm going to look at all the notes I put in there. Who was in the room? Who was there? Who checked me in? I am going to, when I walk through the door for that audition now, I'm going to make like that audition that happened five months ago happened yesterday. I will literally walk in the door and I will be looking for the person who checked me in five months ago. Um, and I'll say, hey, Allison, good to see you again. How are you? No, things are great. Yeah, good to see you. Hey, Doug, who ran the camera that because I wrote the note down, I'll, I'll say, hey, is Doug here? I poke my head around the door. Hey, Doug, good to see you. I'll wave to him. You know, right. you, know br- you want to see the dynamic of a room change? Do that. No, I love it. So, so if people want to learn more about, if you want to learn more well, about uh, about Performer Track and the various resources you guys have, where can they go? Go to performertrack.com. That's performer t r a c k dot com. Performer Track. You talk about an investment that pays for itself. Uh, if anybody's wondering, it's one nineteen forty for the entire year. And for those of you who are listening, I'm going to give you a coupon code. I'm I'm so confident that this will you know change the way you run your business. Twenty dollars off. Use the promo code Inside Acting, all one word. That is my way of saying, do this, get out there, don't waste your time, and and make things happen in your career. So Inside Acting, 
Great, Brian. Thank you so much. This was a fantastic interview, and I can tell you guys for sure that this was a uh, meeting Brian and then talking to him. And they all, everybody at uh, Performer Track, loves to hear from you. So if you do check it out, uh, make sure you get in touch with Brian and everybody else there. And I can tell you that this was a paradigm shift for me, hands down. So, uh, Brian, thank you so much for being here and taking the time. You are welcome. Thank you. Alright everyone, welcome back, and so excited to support everyone with an interview like this at the end of the year, check in, um, think about how you've been tracking what you have and have not been tracking, what makes sense to you, what doesn't, and uh, you know, remember another really important and valuable interview that we've done was with um, Alan Barton and he says, uh, you know, do the admin you love. So if in this interview you were getting, I don't know what the word would be, intimidated or like, you know, you're like, I, I, I don't want to spend my time doing X, Y, and Z. Don't, don't. But make sure that you're putting in the time somewhere else. Mm. And if it's mm. stuff that you've never tried before, try it. See what happens. You know, <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? You spent more time on your acting career? Oh, <laughs> darn. Yeah, yeah. My uncle said something to me when I was back east after having broken my wrist and having all that thing. We were talking about a family member who was just kind of having a hard time finding what he enjoyed to do in life. He said, yeah, well, you know, that's um, one of the reasons they call it, they spell it W-O-R-K and not F-U-N. And I just thought, yeah, you know, like... Work is not always going to be, like, the greatest joy you've ever known. Like, sometimes you have to, like, buckle down when you don't really feel like it and do the stuff that's necessary to support the stuff that you enjoy. Whether that's admin work within your actual career or it's a side job to support your career. I mean, whatever it is, but just recognizing that there's a distinction there that's going to happen and that you just got to recognize, like, okay, this is one of those unfun things, but you know what? It's a piece of the puzzle. As and long as it doesn't become like a, the biggest part of the puzzle, then right? It's, then it's, then you get to reevaluate whether or not it's worth it. And all, and also doing, you know, in in my view, and I know you agree with this too, but just like doing whatever it takes to make what you consider to be work, hard work, or unfun, fun. Yeah. You know, like taking whatever thrival job or admin that is. Uh, absolutely necessary or or you're trying out for the time being and making it as fun as possible yeah you know because then you'll never know if it is going to work for you that makes sense like if you if you don't even if you if you do it for a couple of days and you're like oh this is this is stupid i'm not having any fun (laughs) like you're really not giving it a chance to work you're not giving it a chance to be fun you know what i mean yeah yeah Exactamente. All right. Coolio. Yeah, this was a good refresher for me just to kind of keep in mind that, you know, like Brian says, this is a relationship business. And uh, a lot of it has to do with just kind of making sure you have a consistent impression that you're making and finding out what works about that impression. Like, I just, I love it. It's also kind of weird to listen to myself from three years ago. (laughs) You know, totally (laughs) different energy, totally different vibe, totally different, you know, everything. I'm glad I'm glad we did uh, an interview where it was just you because then it would have been like, "Hey, it's Trevor and Albert here with." <laughs> <laughs> right. Who else? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, funny. So what is your pick of the week this week? Uh, my pick of the week, it's a little weird. It's, so, it's sort of like a cross-section of several different things that could be a pick of the week on their own. Um, but uh, I don't know if we've talked about her on the podcast before. I think we may have mentioned her, but there's this woman named uh, Brene Brown who's really gaining traction in the sort of um, self-development leadership Oprah adjacent <laughs> world. And uh, she's just been coming into my life uh, again and again uh, this week. And so I thought I re- would, if our listeners don't know who she is, I would really love to introduce her to them. Um, so Brene Brown uh, had all of these realizations and breakthroughs about the power of vulnerability. She's a doctor. I think she might even be a doctor of psychology. She's really smart. She did a TED Talk, which uh, we're going to post on our website. And uh, the TED Talk is about the power of vulnerability. She was recently on YouTube television show, this YouTube um, empowerment show called... Uh, I can't remember what the show is called, but it's uh, the host hosted by this guy named Jonathan Fields, who's also in this, forgive the pun, field. The, what really brought it to my attention recently is she's going to... And this is this is my pick of the week. She's going to be... Um, doing one of Oprah Winfrey's life classes. Um, Oprah's been doing these um, free, what she's calling life classes, uh, through her website. She's done them with um, uh, Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra, and and uh, she's going to be doing one with Brene Brown. She already did part one of this series of vulnerability. It was a six-week free course with like videos that you watch um, once a week. Um, and she's going to be releasing a part two with uh, Brene Brown. So um, that's my pick of the week. I, I would encourage anyone to, um, <clears throat> if you're not going to do the free um, six-week course, that you at least check out basically everything that Brene has to say. It's it's so beautiful and so inspiring and so touching. And really, to me, I, I think it really is one of the keys, if not the key, that will sort of unlock the not only human potential as far as where we can go, but our human potential as far as solving some of the major like issues uh-huh. that we have. I just think that vulnerability and the stuff that Brene Brown speaks about could really be the key that unlocks our our potential and has us really come together as a as a species. So essentially, it's a course in embracing vulnerability. Yeah, the the well, I haven't taken it yet because it's it just start or it hasn't started yet. Um, right. So I'm not I'm not clear on what the course um, is or is going to be. But her findings are all about exactly that: the power of vulnerability, what vulnerability can create in our own lives, in our relationships, and in the world. Cool. So we'll have a smattering of, of links to all of all of that uh, concerned. I guess stuff. I guess my pick of the week. I was gonna. I, I said that my pick of the week was uh, the life lessons thing, but really my pick of the week is Brene Brown. Like, yeah, she's my pick of the week. Uh, enjoy consuming her. Yeah, her I think, content. I think you sent me three different uh, links, so I'll make sure we have all three of those up on our our website so people to check out. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Uh, my pick, pick of the, the week, week is pretty simple. It's, and I'm sure many of our listeners know about it, but uh, I've just been using it a lot over the past month or two, uh, especially when it comes to the Inside Acting Podcast Twitter account, and that is Hootsuite. 
It's a great free tool that you can use to kind of manage your Twitter and Facebook and social media accounts. And the best part about it, the only reason I use it, and it has this feature called auto schedule where it will automatically kind of somehow there's some sort of algorithm where it will detect the kind of optimal time to send out a tweet or send out a Facebook post. So that kind of maximum impact, you know, many people see it, I guess it's a great tool. And I know a lot of our listeners are, are kind of technically inclined. So, um, if you're not already on Hootsuite and you are on Twitter or Facebook, uh, you should definitely look into it. It's a great tool. Uh, so we also have a listener, uh, pick of the week from Deb, who wrote us an email that we talked about earlier in the podcast episode today. And, uh, AJ and I watched a little bit of it. It's a Ted talk essentially from this like awesome, like 13 year old kid. I think he's 13. Yeah. And he's like a rock star presenter. And it's a Ted talk that she sent us about, I guess, like the value of creativity in schools. He references Sir Ken Robinson's Ted talk, which is the most popular Ted talk of all time. I I don't know. I mean, do you want to... Maybe you can articulate this better than I can. I I don't know that I want to say anything other than to say like it's a it's a must watch. It's like our our homework for the week. Um, he's just talking about how you know kids when they want to, when they grow up they just want to be happy and that <clears throat> one of the things we don't it ties right into what you were just saying actually one of the things that we don't focus on the in the education system is um, how to teach people how to be happy whole mm. productive human beings we teach we teach facts uh, and numbers and facts e- and equations and, yeah things that are going to help them you know score well on standardized tests uh anyway i could go on and on forever yeah. about that but it's just <laughs> so a deep it's just, rabbit hole man yeah i'm gonna yeah. avoid it right now um so we can wrap up this episode but um it's just so cool to hear it from a from yeah a, a teenager yeah, and a, and a kid who's I think going to be famous when he grows up. He's he's a rock star. Yes, stud. absolutely. Cool, man. Well, Deb, thank you for that uh, for that link. Link. Um, thank you for that pick. The link is on our website. There That's it is. Trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that does it for episode one twenty six. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, geez, <coughs> thank you guys for listening. Snuck uh, up on us. <laughs> lots of different ways that you can be in support and in touch with the podcast. Uh, for starters, hit up our website online, insideactingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to various kind of avenues uh, to interact with uh, the community and ourselves and the podcast as an entity. But uh, if you'd like to, to communicate directly with us, you can leave a comment on one of the posts on the website. You can shoot us an email at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail, which is uh, found, found, which is left at... Which is found on your phone. Out. Yes. <laughs> it's found on your phone. Oh, take your phone out of your pocket right now. Uh, uh, unlock it. Go to the phone app. <laughs> Dial... One two one three two actors, which is one two one three two 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 eight six seven seven. Now hit the home button. Go back to the home screen. Open up your Twitter application. You can find us at Inside Acting. You can find us at twitter.com slash inside acting. Hit the home button again. Open up Facebook. Same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, I'm sure if you Google Inside Acting podcast, you'll find us all over the internet. Yes, and um, sorry about the mess. Thank you for saving me. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, last but not least, um, the podcast is something that we do is, is a labor of love. It is not free to produce. Um, you know, we get a little bit of money from our patrons, which which is amazing. Um, you guys pay for production costs and things like that, and we have a little bit of money now from our 
our um, amazing partner at uh, VO2GoGo.com and with Rehearsal, the app. But um, that doesn't necessarily pay for everything. We have a lot of upgrades we'd like to do, especially with AJ's potential upcoming career change, uh, career move. Is that right? Yeah, which I didn't. Is that, is that I, we didn't really talk about that. We didn't talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have, we'll ta- have to save it for we'll the next We'll come back episode. to it on the next episode. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of kind of stuff in the works. We also are going to be doing some long-distance interviews uh, in the very near future, and we'll need to pay for software and things like that to keep bringing good content to you guys and not be constrained by the geographic location. <laughs> if so, they only knew the kind of interviews that we have lined up but just can't find the right way to 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 get them done yeah because you know the person is like in new york for instance or something like that yeah there's latency yeah. issues and all sorts of stuff and we've, yeah. we've tried it on our own before as long-time listeners know and it always seems to have problems so we're working on the perfect solution but all that is to say uh we could use your financial support in getting the best possible solution so head over to our website and click on the donate button on the right hand side make a tax deductible donation either recurring monthly or a one-time kind of lump sum there and uh make sure you keep your receipt to write off as an education expense come tax time all right then that's all she wrote for episode 126 who is she she is angela lansbury okay enough of that for uh, for episode 126 i am your co-host trevor algott uh, uh oh i'm sorry and for thank you yeah and for our uh, productive coordinator jen levin and our production uh, our Pro- technical, producer. technical producer. Thank you, uh, Cesar Gamino. I have to say it like you if I'm going to say it. Cesar Gamino. Uh, I'm you, just, a- you just can't. You can't say it normally. <laughs> I like how we're saying it. That means we're saying it abnormally. Sorry, Cesar. Love I you. Don't, I don't always say this on podcasts. <laughs> and when I do, uh, when I don't, I give them to Cesar Gamino. Sorry. We got to get out of here. Right. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime... Happy Merry Christmas, Hansa Kwanaka. This episode of Inside Acting has been brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's vo2gogo.com slash start.